Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. From Decrypt SEO, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Ethereum 2.0 gets a dress rehearsal. Nigeria regulates crypto after bowing to Bitcoin adoption. And we welcome Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, to talk $100,000 Bitcoin. All coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Today is Tuesday, September 15, 2020. And did you guys watch the Apple event? I just got done watching it 15 minutes ago, and then I decided to come on and start recording the podcast for today. No iPhone 12. I'm very disappointed. Minor upgrades to iPad. Um, I am excited about the Apple bundling, Apple One, that bundles your cloud, your music, your Apple TV, and everything for one low monthly price, like like 15 bucks or something. I mean, maybe I'll just cancel Spotify and get Apple Music and all that stuff because I already pay for cloud. And I always wanted to get Apple TV, but I just didn't want another expense. So this is actually a good thing. But no iPhone. I don't think any headphones. A little disappointed. Let's see what the crypto prices are doing. Maybe that'll brighten up my day. And I'm recording this at 2.30 Eastern Standard Time, Bitcoin, $10,808, up 1% from yesterday. Ethereum, $368.80, down 2.5% from yesterday. Litecoin, $49.23, the same as yesterday. Chainlink, slipping even more, down 5% from yesterday at $11.50. And XRP, pretty much the same as yesterday at $24.6. Some notable movement from Chainlink. It slipped from the number six spot yesterday down to number eight in total market cap. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrencies is $348.4 billion. And BTC dominance went up a little bit to 57.3%. And from this, we're going to go straight into the conversation with Mr. Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, because we're talking bullish news about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Hey, man. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. You woke up this morning. You sent me a text message with all signs, all arrows pointing to bull. Tell me about this. Yeah. You know, man, I curate news every day. And as I started looking at all the news yesterday, as I was putting it together, I actually sent a tweet out and I told people something's happening because this is just way too much bullish news. You know, if you look at the fact that Plan B and everybody respects Plan B and his stock to flow, uh, model that he's put out there. And he comes out and he says, time to go up. Now, if that alone would be bullish to me, that plan B is saying this is it's going to move to $100,000. But then you get MicroStrategy coming out with their news, saying that they're going to buy more Bitcoin. And now the news comes out, they bought 17,000 more. It's crazy. That's crazy. So a lot of TA is coming out saying that there's bullish news. People are pointing to, you said 100,000. Is, is that our next stop, you think? I don't think that's our next stop, but Plan B has come out and that's what he's saying his model is indicating. Now, Plan B has said that that would probably happen within the next year or so, like toward the end of 2021. But now here's what is 
uh, that's going to be close and short term. That's that the futures and the options are now pointing toward $40,000. There's actually $36,000 future contracts that are being placed at the end of this year, December 31st this year, they're betting it's going to be $36,000. Now, what does that mean when futures and options point to a thirty-six dollars to $40,000? I mean, that doesn't mean the price. That means something else. Could you explain that a little bit? Sure, sure. So normally what happens is you, you decide to, to make an option, right? You buy options. You say, okay, I want to buy a future option of Bitcoin for $36,000, but I'm willing to pay now for that option to buy Bitcoin at thirty-six. dollars So the actual option itself doesn't cost you that much money. So you can make that bet. Got it. Understood. But that's the only if. Now, there's other aspects and factors that go into price, you know, forecasting and speculation. I mean, one thing that we never even thought about in 2020 is we're going to have a pandemic. We don't know what the after effects of the pandemic is going to be when it comes to, say, real estate, the housing market, the economy, import, export, whatever. It's unforeseen in 2020 still. Do you think that's going to play into the price of Bitcoin or the, the crypto market in general? Or do you think that's actually decoupled from the Bitcoin and crypto space? Yeah, no, I mean, that is a concern. There was an article out that talked about that. It said, you know, everybody needs to pump the brakes a little bit. Like, hey, listen, there could be a pullback. If the equities market pullback, we might see Bitcoin do the same. And I agree. But something still tells me that we might be getting closer to the decoupling. And what I mean by that is look at the personalities that are now coming out talking about Bitcoin in a very bullish stance. You have Adam Curry talking to Joe Rogan, telling him to get off zero. You've got Jim Cramer now, Anthony Pompliano talk to him, right? These big personalities, when they start getting involved, they have large audiences. Now, if all of a sudden the message really does get out the way Jim Cramer told, well, actually Anthony Pompliano told Jim Cramer, he says, listen, if you are someone who's got money, a one percenter, right? And if you put only 1% in your portfolio, normally it's 60-40, but if you go 60-39-1% Bitcoin, it outperforms everything else. So then I said, okay, what if all the one percenters decided to put 1%? They can't. It's impossible. Statistically, it's impossible. So now you're looking at if the economy does and if the Fed keeps playing their games, I can see people exiting going to Bitcoin as the market tanks and there's the decouple. This sounds like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It sounds like if rich people are telling rich people to get into uh, Bitcoin or any kind of investment in general, just generally speaking, it seems like they keep recycling their money, growing the market up, and it looks as though it's getting you know bigger and bigger. But for the average person, the average consumer or the average investor, $500,000, is it really helped them or just kind of like maybe sucks people into it and traps them into a, sil- a system made for, fueled by, and profited by rich people? Uh, yeah, you know, and again, you know, can't give get advice, give advice. But in general, here's what I'd say. I'd say if anyone's looking to find some type of return, regardless of what it is, Bitcoin, stock market, bonds, a whole nine yards, right? Patience is your best weapon. If a person can exercise patience in doing whatever the investment is, for the most part, I believe it lets them see the opportunity. Bitcoin went from zero to around 11,000, where it is right now today, in the last 11 years. If you look at the market over time with all these projections, with those projections, if a person's patient, there might be an opportunity. But again, it's not advice, but a person needs to look at this and do their due diligence to understand what the potential is for the future. 
you curate news every day. You put out a newsletter every day, something that I always enjoyed. Where can people find that? Because I always love the information that you put out. Sure. The CryptoCurator.com is a place where I put three news articles, a video and a podcast. I know everyone can't do what I do, which is I literally read 40 to 50 articles a day, listen to podcasts, watch videos. I don't expect people to do that. So on my site, if you're a member, you'll get an email alert every day to three news articles, a video and a podcast. Now that's been selected by me. So that means I've picked the top information for you to see at a minimum. Paul, as always, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks, Matthew. Appreciate it. And in other news, Ethereum 2.0 gets one last dress rehearsal before its launch. The second Ethereum 2.0 testnet called Spadina will launch this month. Spadina will only last for three days with a specific focus on deposits and Genesis. An Ethereum 2.0 developer said recently that it's on target for a November launch. This developer? Danny Ryan. And Danny Ryan says, end quote, if all goes well, it should give us a greater peace of mind before we jump into the real deal later this year. Now is the time for F2.0 to get everything right. Gas fees are high. The existing Ethereum 1.0 blockchain is tested and stressed to its limits. We need something new from F in order for F to support this amazing ecosystem that it's developed. If it doesn't, maybe some of these companies will be looking elsewhere. And something that always catches my interest because this is one of those unforeseeable things in the future of Bitcoin. Amy Castor, writer for Decrypt, says anyone betting on Bitcoin is betting on Tether, which the New York Attorney General is calling a fraud. I think that's absolutely interesting because Tether provides a lot of liquidity and a lot of volume for Bitcoin. New York Attorney General calls on Tether to provide overdue financial documents. The New York Attorney General's office is chasing documents relating to Bitfinex's alleged $1 billion loan with Tether, and it's overdue from giving those documents to the Attorney General's office. Bitfinex's legal representation said its request is too broad. The documents relate back to allegations that Bitfinex improperly disguised customers' losses with Tether reserves. There's a hearing set for the 17th of September on this case in New York, so I am pretty sure that Decrypt and this podcast will have updates for you then. Nigeria regulates crypto after bowing to Bitcoin adoption. Nigeria Securities and Exchange Commission is now regulating crypto. Each cryptocurrency will be deemed a security until proven otherwise. The move appears to have come after a significant increase in crypto adoption. And uh, let me translate what I just said to everybody. It's Nigeria sees that more people are using Bitcoin and now wants to make money from people using Bitcoin, aka taxes, aka digging into your pockets. Here's some news that I find rather comical. Brock Pierce was served with a lawsuit at his own presidential campaign event. As you know, Donald Trump and Joe Biden are not the only ones running for president of the United States. There's libertarian Joe Jorgensen, there's Kanye West, and there's the mighty duck, Mr. Brock Pierce himself. I will go on the record to say that I have interviewed Mr. Brock Pierce two or three times, talked to him in private, and he has always been a very good guy to me, so I have nothing to say negatively about him because I don't know him personally, but this is rather funny. James Katolis, CEO of Typhoon Capital Management, tweeted today, said, Our team served Brock Pierce for securities fraud at his rally in New York City. Pro tip, when you're trying to avoid getting served for a multi-B fraud case, maybe lay off the outlandish presidential claims. And just FYI, Brock Pierce also donated to the Trump campaign in August of 2019, according to the New York Post. He donated $100,000. And finally, another blow to Venezuela and the Venezuelan people. 
Bitcoin exchange Paxful exits Venezuela. Paxful is no longer offering services to the Venezuelan users and it cites the U.S. restrictions from the U.S. Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Assets Control as the reason. The exchange had previously restricted Venezuelan customers from making some transactions and now they're just saying, bye-bye, we can't do this anymore. I reached out to the exchange to make a comment today. However, they did not get back to me in time to make this episode. If they do get back to me tomorrow or sometime this week, I will have them on to talk about this as I find it very interesting and sadly disappointing for the Venezuelan people. Paxville, however, did reach out to decrypt writer Jose Antonio Lanz saying, in quote, due to concerns regarding the regulatory landscape around Venezuela and Paxville's own risk tolerance, we regret to report that Paxville will be ceasing operations in Venezuela. We made our best efforts for several months, but with current risks, we had no choice but to make this incredibly difficult decision. Good luck, Paxville, and good luck to Venezuela. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Matthew Aaron at decryptmedia.com or Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co. That's my email. Reach out to me anytime. I'll always reply to you. Say hi. Say bye. Say you love the show. Say you hate the show. Just email me. I need friends. All I have is crypto news. See you tomorrow. Happy hodling, everybody.